I just see how God guided me step by step from one place to the others where I was able to learn and become who I am today. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. Well, hello and welcome back to the VBPH Sermon Podcast. This is Pastor Adam with you again from Virginia Beach, a beautiful sunny day here on the East Coast. And I am very, very excited to welcome in uh, a friend and somebody, an acquaintance I've known from from uh, a long time ago since we were there in Romania. And I'd love to introduce to our audience, Pastor Matthias Kipfer. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's uh, it's always um, a little bit of a struggle to talk to our friends over in Europe because of the time difference. You are uh, six hours ahead of us, which means it's uh, coming close to 10 o'clock p.m. your time. So thank you for staying up yes. late with us. You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, well, Pastor Matias, I have wonderful, fond memories. Anybody who listened to the episode from last week with Pastor Ovidio Rusu uh, heard some of that uh, history of our time, you know, when we were so privileged to be there. And uh, you were there for, for some of those uh, events and got to meet you and spend some time with you there. Uh, but for maybe for those audience members who haven't met you and don't know who you are, maybe you can just introduce yourself, your wife, and uh, tell us where you are in the, the short conference version. Yes. So my name is uh, Matthias Kipfer. I'm originally from Switzerland. I'm married with Dory, Dorothy. Uh, she grew up in Romania. She's the sister of Anita Brooks, for those who know Pastor Brooks. And uh, so we got married in 94 in Romania. And uh, we became disciples of Pastor Brooks. And later we got sent out to Sibiu, to a city in Romania. We uh, pioneered this church for two years. And then um, we gave it over to another couple. And we went the first time to Switzerland for a couple of years. We went later back for redirection for one year. In the meantime, Pastor Rusu uh, became my pastor, our pastor. And now for, I think, 14 years, we are back in Switzerland and uh, pioneering pastoring uh, the church here in, in Bern, in, in Switzerland. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, wow, it looks like uh, I see your son, Noel, is connecting as well. So we get to see his face too. But uh, that, so tell, tell us uh, a little bit about how you, um, how was it that you found yourself, I'm just curious, uh, in Romania in the early 90s? Yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> I uh, well, grew get, up. You know, it's a podcast. We have time. 
Yeah, we can talk the whole night. So um, <laughs> I grew up in Switzerland uh, in a Christian home. Like uh, my parents, they were Mennonites. So I grew up in a Mennonite oh. church. <laughs> and um, so this was this was a very important time in my life, you know, like uh, where they invested a lot in my life. I had a wonderful time in the church there. Um, maybe we can talk later about this. And then when I was about... 1617, I start to seek more of God. You know, I say, hey, if this is true what the Bible says, I want to see it. I want to, I want to experience uh, what the Bible says, you know, what the disciples uh, experience with God, healing, deliverance. So I started to, to read the Bible, seek God. And I think I was maybe 17. Uh, it was in, a, in the week between Christmas and New Year. Um, we wanted to go skiing all together, like all the youth group. And uh, but I was too late, so there was no space for me. So I stayed home in my room. And then for, I think for the whole week, I was just in my room, um, reading the Bible, praying, sleeping, praying, sleeping, reading the Bible, and seeking God. And then in the end of the week, I uh, God's presence came into this room, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. So I never, never somebody talked wow. like. Never, I knew about it. I heard. I read <laughs> read the Bible, but then nobody prayed for me. So this was um, a powerful experience. So I start to talk about this in my church, in in this Mennonite church. Not everybody liked it <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it was. Had, had you ever experienced somebody speaking in tongues before that? Um, yes, I think two years before my parents, they started to seek God more, you know. So we went, I think, for three years every autumn uh, to a, a family camp from a Pentecostal church. And there I, I heard about I it. See. And there I, I, I got some, like, it was just short. We were kids. But uh, I think it, it started this, this hunger for more. And, um, wow. yeah, so then... then um, it was not always easy, you know, people, you can imagine the people in the church, not everybody was happy. But from this moment on, I was, I, I wanted more. So I, I um, started to read books. And in the same time, I, I heard about like uh, a church in, in Bern. I was growing up in Langnau, in a, like 30 kilometers away. And this church was like a, a new church. And they organized, like they call it a healing seminar, you know, how, where you can learn how mm. to pray for. So I was 18. So I went there. I said, man, this is, yeah, I want, I want, wherever I was able to hear something, learn something, I went. So I went there. I saw these people. It was um, um, a vineyard church back then. This was very similar in many ways, you know, like how, what we do, like they were street evangelizing. They were uh, yeah, praying for the sick. So the leader of this organization, John Wimber, he was there and it was a powerful time. So, um, and then from this, from this uh, group, they said, hey, we will make an impact team to Russia. This was, I think, 1988. So, wow. Um, I said, I want to go there. So in October or November, 1988, 
uh, or 1989, uh, I forgot. So we went there with a group, uh, a pastor from America, about 10 Americans, and then 10 of us from Switzerland, uh, two pastors, like American pastor and the Swiss pastor. We flew to Moscow. And uh, it was crazy, you know, middle of the night we were eating and then one pastor said, come, come. And we went into this taxi, went on the red square in the middle of the night and uh, we made a circle. We prayed and the uh, police was around. It was just, yeah, it was for me as a teenager, you know, it was fun. It was interesting, but it was the first time in my life I really experienced all these gifts and all this, uh, the, uh, the Holy Ghost power. And I remember uh, we were there on the first night after midnight on the Red Square. And then what we prayed. And then one guy said, hey, I just had a vision, you know, like I saw the in with my eyes, like the Kremlin falling down. And he said, I don't know what this means. Maybe God wants to break down the communism. And then, uh, yeah, I think a couple of months later, three months later, it happened. You know, the, the, the wall fell and it was just amazing, amazing time. And so, yeah. yeah, there, the first time in my life I experienced this, I, we flew then to uh, Tallinn, to Estonia. It was also a Russian uh, province. And we were, uh, uh, the pastor was uh, preaching in a, in a church. Uh, maybe, yeah, uh, some people know about the Tallinn revival. Like they came from all over Russia, bringing sick people and getting healed. So it was in this time. And so the pastor uh, said to us, like, it was so full that he said, let everybody, all of us, we sit in the back of him on the stage, on the ground, you know. So the church was packed. And then he said, if, some, if God shows you something to anybody of us, just let me know. So I said, God, I want to see this. I want to experience this. I want to, yeah, I want to hear your voice. So whenever I closed my eyes, I, I saw black glasses. So I never had this, you know, so I... I told him, I don't know, you know, maybe God wants to touch people who have problems with eyes. And so he turned around and said to the whole church, hey, Brother Matthias, God just told the Brother Matthias that God wants to heal people or touch people with eye problems. So I was like, oh, no, please. <laughs> For me, everything was new, you know. And so then almost the whole church came forward because we didn't know, you know, that they had no glasses. They had no, in this time, communist time almost nobody. So mm. people came forward and we start to pray for them and they get healed. Like a lot of people got healed. And so this was the first time that I, yeah, I experienced this. Yeah. And then, and, yeah. And so so, so traveling how, around. Yeah. So your question was how I ended up in, in Romania. So after that, I, I said, I want more, you know, and then I, I heard about the church in, in Germany that a little bit similar, like the, the fellowship church started out of the Jesus people movement. It was like drug addicts who got saved and they became pastors and uh, they started drug rehab center a little bit like in Russia. And so they had kind of a discipleship program, they call it. So you could go there to, to this church for one year and just learn. So that's what, how I went there for one year. And uh, with a team from there, we went to Romania as an impact team. Mm. And there I met the first time uh, uh, my wife, Dori. She was in another church. She was not the, the, the our, our church not even existed there. It was uh, another church that was there in, in Romania. She was there. She translated for us. And um, 
Then we didn't have any contact uh, for two years. I promised her I will send her some letters. I didn't do it. And um, oh, so I no. went. <laughs> so I went back to to Switzerland, and I became uh, in this church that uh, was this healing um, seminar. Like I became the youth pastor for two years, and then we planned again. Let's do a, an impact team. And so somebody just went to Romania and met Richard. So Richard Brooks, Pastor Brooks, he was not in the fellowship. He just had this Joshua house, you know about. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. This youth with a mission groups, they went there. And so the, the lady said, hey, we could go there to Romania. So we called him or we I'd maybe probably send the fax back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some people know what the fax is. yeah. <laughs> and so... He was looking for uh, for for uh, to connect uh, with a fellowship. So he says, "Hey, yes, come." But uh, I want, I want, I'm curious if we con- can connect. So he he came for one week. I think it was ninety two. He came for one week to Switzerland, and my pastor back then here in Switzerland said, "Hey, there is a guy coming from Romania. You will be his host. Uh, take care of him the whole week." So I was. I picked him up at the at the train station. So for the whole week we were together. You know, we went to the to the cinema and to oh, watch Mister. Wow. And uh, after the cinema was over, he would stand up and scream. You know, preach to the whole crowd and just a wonderful uh, but crazy time. And so he he his desire was to connect. So this was in March, and then we decided, okay, we go with an impact team in. End of July. But then between these two months, like uh, I think in, in May or so, he went to America. And uh, uh, thanks to God, he met Pastor Mitchell. <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah and uh, Pastor Mitchell was very, yeah, received him with open hands. And uh, when we came then with an impact team from Switzerland, he just came back from America, from the Prescott Church, from the Prescott Conference, and turned everything and said, okay, now we are a part of this fellowship. Uh, we change everything. And so that's how I came to Romania. I came with a little team. And with these two weeks, uh, yeah, I met Dory again. I, I have to say, when Richard Brooks was in Switzerland, we talked, and he's, he t- started to talk about like his family. And then I remember, hey, I know a girl from there. And then we found out, oh, it's his sister-in-law. And then, yeah, when we went there with in summer, we started to talk and we started our relationship. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> well, we, we've jumped ahead over, and I've got already a bunch of questions for you. And uh, the first one I want to ask you about, obviously, I want to ask about your, your home life and your family, how you grew up and, and the Mennonite experience. Tell, tell us a little bit about what, what that was like growing up. Yeah, so like I said, I grew up in a Mennonite church. My family, my I have a family tree, or goes back to fifteen hundred thirty-three. Uh, they were all Mennonites. I feel like uh, I inherited the Bible of my father's family, you know, like from seventeen hundred something. And, okay, well, um, I'm I'm sure there's going to be people who uh, who are listening to this who have no idea what is a Mennonite. So maybe you can explain that a little yeah, bit. And so, um. In 1500, there was the Reformation, 
in in Europe uh, with Zwingli, with Luther, with different in different areas, different men. And in Zurich was Zwingli, um, and together with him were three other men. It was Grebels, Manns, and Blaurock, like three men together with Zwingli. So they started the Reformation. And but then Zwingli, like the others, like Luther, they kind of started the Reformed Church, the Reformation, but they stopped there. You know, they didn't um, um, baptize the adult people, but these three men, um, they said, hey, look, the Bible says we should uh, baptize the adult people. And so they start to baptize. And in the beginning, they were called Anabaptists, uh, rebaptizer. I don't know how you say it in English. So they start to baptize. And then Zwingli, the reformator, start to persecute this man. They, he start to kill them. He start to run after them. They had Mennonite hunters. So they killed them. They brought them to Holland, to, Holland, to the Galeres. And many of them died here in Switzerland. And um, yeah, it was horrible. But if they were able to flee on a Catholic ground, they were safe because the Catholics said, okay, if these are your enemy, they are, because you are our enemy, they protected the Mennonites. And so many Mennonites later, they, they traveled, they emigrated to, to America and to other places. And so it's kind of a traditional yeah, I- I was going to say, we, I know that we have Mennonites here in the States, but I had no yeah. idea that uh, Switzerland was the origin. Yeah. So it was in the same, like the Reformation, the same time the Mennonites, actually the name comes from Menno Simons. Menno Simons was a leader of this fellowship, of this movement, of this Jesus people movement of this time from Holland. Right. So. They called them, then in the end, it ended up with this name. Menno Simons actually is from Holland, but it was in this, oh, wow. it was of God in this time. And so they were, they have, yeah, they got persecuted. They, for them, very important is, is the, the Sermon on the Mount. They are pacifistic in a way, you know, they, they don't go to the army, many of them. And, uh, but like you asked me how I grew up, I grew up very, healthy you know like very uh, in my church we were probably 80 uh, young people youth we would meet every saturday night uh, just the youth uh, having a bible study and then having a, a wonderful time and then going to different houses and uh, i i joke sometimes with my church i was probably 18 years old when i met the first person who was divorced the first couple and so my people in my church, they say, oh, we were 18 wow. when we first couple that was not divorced, you know, like now. <laughs> yeah. So it's very healthy. And um, also one thing that I like, you know, is, is my grandfather. He was a farmer, farmer uh, in Emmental in Langnau. He probably never traveled more than 30 kilometers. And but wow. he like. I hear the stories of my father, you know, he, like how he prayed, how he prayed for his children. And so all this, uh, um, he had five children. They all became Christians, like my father, my uh, uncles. And uh, then the generation of me, 
I think there were five or six missionaries, like one of my uh, cousins, she was with her husband in Somalia, a missionary. She replaced a couple that was killed there. Another cousin was in, in Afghanistan uh, uh, during the time of, of uh, uh, the Mot Mujahedin. And so uh, and others were in South America, in, in, in uh, Israel. And so it's just what I see is like the blessing of this man, you know, who never traveled, but he prayed for us. He prayed for the children, for his children, for my father and his brothers and sisters. And and now uh, the blessing that goes on, you know, and sometimes I tell my people, you know, like, like to a mother or to a father who maybe you never travel much, you never do much. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one. On the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four. Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. But you never know, you know, if you're faithful and example, what God can do through you, through your children, you never know. So, yeah, when I think about uh, the Mennonite people, I think people who have sincere faith, but they live very uh, simple. Uh, and maybe maybe you can tell us kind of where that comes from and uh, what kind of effect that it have on you. And is 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 that uh, yeah. is that something that you brought with you into your adult life? Yes, I, I see the effect, you know, like you are very like you grow up, you grow up very uh, and they tell you like to be thankful for what you have. Very Mennonites are very like they are hardworking, so they have many of them have companies, have have uh, hard, um, handy how do you say craftsmen, and right. um, it's not not really poor. You know, I I don't consider that I grew up poor, but uh, very faithful and to the ground you know like you you don't make a big thing out of what you have or um yeah you don't fight for your rights you trust god that he will do you know you there are a lot of stories people in the past people came and took everything they just took their families traveled somewhere else and started again wow and so for me um, yeah i went to the army I took my arms. Oh. 
but I had cousins and, and friends in the church. They would go to prison because in Switzerland, you, you have to go to the army. But some of my friends, right. they said, no, we don't go to the army or they, we don't take the, the arm. But so it, it's a decision that each one has to make. Wow. So is that, uh, you know, Switzerland is famously uh, the country that stays out of major conflicts in Europe. Uh, is, is that play into that because of the Mennonite background? And the, the history about the neutrality is actually uh, in, in three, four hundred years ago, Switzerland was very poor until 100 years ago. Switzerland was very poor. And so a lot of the young men had to uh, become um, mercenaries or how you call it, like soldiers for other armies. Yeah. yeah? Okay. And so they so all the young men would go like to all these wars in Europe and they became uh, uh, soldiers for different armies. And then <laughs> it came that they were, because they are so poor, they were good fighters. And, but then because they went to different armies, they start to fight together. So there was a company on this side, there a company on this side. And then the government said, no, it's not, not right. It's not good that you kill one another. So they made some place, they made a law that is not allowed anymore to go. And we say, we want to stay out of this European wars in this middle age. I see. Wow. Very interesting. So your, your family, you have, you have brothers and sisters also? Yes, I have one sister. I'm the oldest. I have one sister, and uh, she's two years younger, and then uh, two brothers that are younger. Okay. And so growing up in the Mennonite church, so I, it, it's amazing to me um, because, you know, I've interviewed pastors who grew up in nominal churches here in America, you know, Lutheran and, and uh, Catholic, and uh, we've had pastors that were atheists or you know, yeah. I even had interviewed one that was into paganism and Eastern philosophies. Yeah. Uh, so you being the first Mennonite, uh, that grow, growing you, up Mennonite. Um, sorry. Do you know, do you know Alfie Fisher, Pastor Alfie Fisher? I don't, I, I've heard the name, but I don't know him. He was, he was, he was a missionary in China and uh, he grew up Amish. Amish, Amish how do you call it? Amish. Really? Yeah, so yeah, Mennonite, the, the Amish people come from the Mennonites, but they are the really simple people. They, yeah, 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 they're the ones with yeah. the beards and the you yeah. know the. So the, the interesting. <laughs> they have no technology. Yeah, you can make it. Yeah, very post. interesting. Very interesting. So okay, well, uh, tell me about um, your spiritual condition. Like, um, I'm sure that you've heard the gospel as you were growing up. Um, but uh, what, was it something that you believed in when you were young? Yes. So I, I grew up, I would say, everything that I believe now, except uh, the, the whole situation with the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, we believed in the Holy Spirit, but not in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we believed that you need the Holy Spirit to know Jesus, to get saved. And so I got saved probably when I was... 14 or so like when i i forgot what i did but i really felt sorry my father came in my room he talked and then he prayed with me to get saved and so yeah i i heard the gospel uh, preached and uh, 
I, I must say I liked it to grow up like this, very healthy. We had uh, uh, already before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, we had the, this desire in the youth group. Uh, we want to see a revival. So we prayed for revival. So in the beginning, every Sunday night, I would meet with, I think it was uh, three friends, like one friend and uh, like two girls, like we were four. We prayed every night, every Sunday night for a revival and uh, for, for one hour, two hours. And then after maybe one year, suddenly the whole youth group started to come and say, we want to come too. And so there was like wow. a lot of young people. We start to pray. And then I remember one day, Saturday night, we were always having this youth group. We would sit there in a big circle and just two people would, two of us would have a Bible study. So we were already there sitting and singing. And then the door opens and about six or seven guys came in in leather jackets and chains, like we call them rockers, you know. And we were all like, we <laughs> like, oh, what is this? You know, and they, they just came in, look where a chair and sit down, you know. And then. They were the nothing. answer to your prayers. Yeah, yeah. And then we start to like, we, we, we were just simple people, you know, like we were uh, praying and then singing and then praying and then have a short Bible study. And they were very touched. You know, later they said, hey, one guy said, I want to go there. Uh, and then the other said, oh, yeah, we want to go there. Let's, I, we come also, we, let's kill some Christians, you know, like they were young guys, but uh, then they really got touched. They, they didn't expect it, that God is there. And so this brought wow. some, this brought some uh, uh, new wind into the group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. So you started, uh, you started by speaking about how you uh, had some exposure to this Pentecostal church and how you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody even prayed for you. That's amazing. And yeah. then some of the adventures you had in, in uh, other parts of Europe uh, when the communism was falling, I I'm sure that that must have propelled you to like another level of faith towards God. Like n n there's not a lot of people that would do that um, to go to that really next level. But talk about kind of your desire to go from just sitting in the church chair and, you know, praying and doing kind of the, the normal things that Christians would do kind of to that next level of, of really hungering and desiring God. What did that mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. I think a, a, an important point in this is, like I said, I grew up in, in a Christian home. I grew up as a church kid, let's say. And, um, when you grow up like this, you do a lot of things because your parents do it and because of the church. Right. And so I remember um, in my church was normal, like uh, when you are 15 or 16, you finish, like you become an adult by, you get baptized, you let yourself, yeah, you, you, you want to get baptized. So everybody, when they are fifth, come out of school, they get baptized. So it was my turn, but then I said, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this just because everybody else want to do it. So I, 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 I didn't got baptized. So then everybody's like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong? Like, why are you? But I said, if I do it, I want to do it out of my own. So because I, I said, if this is true, what the Bible says, I, I, or it's true, and then I want to experience everything what is in there, what, 
is in there in the Bible, or that, or I better let it be. You know, I don't want religion. I don't want tradition. And so I think it took, I don't know, two, three or four baptisms until nobody asked me again. <laughs> and then I said, okay, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> A little, yeah. But it, this was my way of um, making my own decisions. And I see this sometimes in our days, you know, like church kids, they grow up and everybody expects them to be Christians. And then I see sometimes mm-hmm. church kids they do some strange things and then parents say, oh, they are backslidden or do this. Many of them, I think, are not backslidden. Maybe they are a little bit, but it's just their way of finding their way to make their own decisions. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, so, yeah, sorry. Um, so I got baptized and, um, yeah, started my, my journey. Uh, and I said, I, I want to see this. I want, so, like I said in the beginning, I start to read my Bible. I start to see, God, I want this. I want to see people saved. I want uh, to see people healed. I, for me, this was far away. You know, but then by meeting these different people, I think I was 18 when I moved to, to Geneva uh, because of my work. <laughs> first, first, I got a contract in South, Af- South Africa. Uh, I said, wow. I want to become a gardener there. So I already had the contract. But then I said, God, whatever, I want to do your will. So on the morning when I should sign the contract, I was very disturbed in my spirit. I said, ah. And then I said, no, I opened the Bible and it says there, I think in Proverbs 16, verse 9, like the, uh, we make plans, but God guides the steps. So I knew it's not from God. So I didn't went to South Africa. Mm. But then I went as far as I can in Switzerland. The farthest, the farthest is, is uh, Geneva. And there I, I went to a church, like a Mennonite church. It's not, not a Mennonite church, but a, yeah, a similar church. And they just got a, a new pastor that also was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we, in this one year that I was there, was powerful. You know, a lot of young people saved. We baptized them in the lake. And uh, so I just see how God guided me step by step from one place to the others where I was able to learn and um, become who I am today. And then. Um, wow. So. Well, so um... So th- this, uh, I was going to ask, uh, jump forward a little bit to uh, to this time that you spent with uh, with uh, Richard Brooks when he came to Switzerland. I see. I didn't even know that that chapter existed in the story. Yeah. But uh, did did that have an effect on you? Because uh, what I know about Richard Brooks is that he has a profound effect on almost everybody he spends time with. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very. Um, it's another very interesting part, you know, like he came. And so this week that we spent together, you can imagine he was, he was wild. You know, he would, you cannot not eat in a restaurant that he doesn't, something happens. You know, he would talk uh, with the neighbor table and say, Hey, come here. Uh, this guy wants to talk something with you. And then, and so now you preach yeah. the gospel and blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, or like we went to this uh, cinema, like I said before, uh, to see Sister Act, and then he would preach, and um, that was wild, you know. And so, um, and then 
we went to Romania uh, in summer. He was in the fellowship. And then some another interesting or crazy story happened. You know, the church that I was in, this vineyard church, uh, got involved as a main church of the Toronto uh, Laughing Revival. Oh, wow. No way. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so this brought like uh, tension, you know, like uh, I was here, um, Dory was there and then. Uh, in the beginning, I was very skeptical, and then they like you hear every Sunday sermons like, "Hey, if you are not open for this, you are proud and you are against the Holy Spirit." So, and then I, I opened myself for this, and uh, yeah, it was just a crazy time. But in the same time, building a relationship with uh, my uh, now wife, <clears throat> and then uh, we decided to get married. And Pastor Brooks was just entering the fellowship. So he didn't know all the principles and uh, things that can help <laughs> to build <laughs> a good right. uh, start. So uh, so he said, okay, yeah, I marry you. And then he realized, uh, okay, I'm in this movement. And then he said, maybe it's good if you bring your pastor because I'm, I'm not sure if I marry you. Then I asked my pastor. He said, okay, I come. And then a couple of weeks later, he realized maybe it's not a good idea that this pastor preaches in his church. And he said, oh, it's better he's not coming. Right. And, and so it was just a, a learning process for him. So everything was new for him. Everything new, was new for us. But uh, I'm very, very, very thankful for uh, yeah, where, where we are now. Because if I look back, this was crazy. Very. Uh, it's a, it was it sounds like it was um, um, working out the the correct way as it was ha- on the job training. They say, yes, yes, yes. yeah. And then so I, yeah, um, I, you got married in, in in Romania. Yes, we got married October ninety four okay. in in Brasov in Brasov Church, and um, then I, be- I became a disciple. So I, yeah, from from we call it from zero to hundred, like it. Everything was different from this vineyard church to the fellowship. But um, yeah, it's a little right. story. So one week before we got married, or like 10 days, my wife realized she doesn't want to go back to this other crazy stuff. So she talked with me and she talked with pastor and said, hey, if, if we don't decide to stay here in this church, in this fellowship, I will not marry. So this was a shock, you know, and I was like, wow. But then I went to the forest and I started to pray. I said, God, I don't know what to think because everything is new. And then really God really talked to me and said, hey, don't be afraid. I brought you here. Don't be afraid. So from this moment, this was so powerful. I was behind the church, behind the Joshua house in the forest. I knew God brought me here. God brought me into this fellowship. Like I didn't know the whole fellowship. I just knew the church. But uh, this helped me just to make a decision. Okay. That's where I am. That's where God brought me. And then I learned step by step. Um, and then wow. I think after three years, we got sent out. For sure, we were not prepared. <laughs> but God was faithful. And um, oh yeah, we are still learning. Well, talk, talk a little bit about what it means uh, for, for you to leave from Switzerland and move to Romania. Because to us here in America... 
you know, all European nations are <laughs> a lot of people don't don't realize how different the, the nations are. But what was it like for you to to leave your home and, and move to Romania like that in the time when communism was just freshly gone and it was, you know, not the greatest place? Yeah, it was it was a interesting t uh, place, you know, like I remember Brasov when I moved there, Brasov, 300,000 inhabitants. It was just two gas stations, so you had to go in the middle of the night, like wow. 2 o'clock. If you'd like to hear the rest of this sermon, subscribe today. It's only $3 a month when you subscribe at supercast.tech or $4.99 per month when subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Links are in the show notes. We thank you for joining us on this special preview of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.